I am so happy that uh, that I have found, with the help from a number of friends over at uh, Mayo Health System, doctors that are uh, that are willing to share their expertise and their opinions, because there are so many other opinions out there, and I am not interested in having a yelling match. Yeah, you know, your experts and my experts and Dr. This and Dr. That. So let's talk a little about it uh, in comparison. Uh, Dr. Aaron Morkum from Mayo, all things COVID this morning. Thank you very much for talking with us. You and your family all happy and healthy these days? Oh, yes. Good. Good. Glad to hear it. So uh, tell me if there's a, I mentioned, if there is, if you got COVID and got over it, you have antibodies. If you got the shots, and got COVID and got over it, you have antibodies, or you got the shots, but you haven't gotten COVID, but you, so you have some form of protection, which of those three groups of people is best uh, uh, able to fend off COVID long-term? So, yep. So it is true that if you get COVID, you will, you know, natural immunity with COVID, you will have some protection from reinfection. Mm-hmm. The question is how long that protection from reinfection really lasts. Um, and so th- there have been studies that have been done on people who have been who have been infected with natural immunity to COVID and then got booster vaccinated um, with one of the mRNA vaccines, and they make an almost better antibody response than the individuals who never had COVID and were vaccinated. Um, they still make great immunity, and we're not you know, saying that we want people to get natural infection sure. and be vaccinated. For, there's risks with having natural infection, but sure. you do make sure. immunity. We just don't know how long it lasts. All right. Well, and there's a, a, a study that I read a portion of. It was a huge, long article in the L.A. Times that talked about the efficacy of the shots that last, that, that give the individual uh, immunity or protection for this long. But as the months roll out, you're, uh, the, the Johnson & Johnson, for instance, went from whatever it was at the beginning, 86% down to 13% six months out. So you need a booster. But then the booster, your, your strength of immunity from the booster begins to drop after a period of time. Are we going to be getting boosters forever to keep COVID at bay? So it is true that over time, the antibody or the immune response to the vaccine can, can wane. And, you know, everybody's re- body will respond a little bit differently. So some people, that immunity might last longer than others. Um, but that is the reason for the, the, the recommendation for boosters, especially for pay, uh, people that have, you know, chronic problem, pro- chronic medical problems or immune problems. Sure. Um, and the Johnson Johnson vaccine in particular, yes, the immunity to that one, it was slightly less effective than um, the mRNA vaccines, Moderna and the Pfizer vaccine. And there have been studies on boosting that one with either one of the mRNA vaccines, and you actually make a very good response, especially Moderna boosters after Johnson & Johnson. But to get to your question about the need for, for boosters, that's sort of ongoing since this vaccine hasn't been out for that long to know exactly how often people are going to need to be boosted. And, you know, with, with flu shots, which is another another upper respiratory infection, those we, you know, we recommend people have a flu shot every year. There's a there's a possibility that could happen with COVID vaccines too. And with less people immunized, there's more chance for those variants to come about that could potentially evade immune or that vaccine response in the future too. So that's really hard to to 
determine how often we're going to need boosters or, you know, what, what groups of individuals in the future are going to require them more frequently. Right. Well, so ongoing research. In the meantime, it seems I watched a conversation uh, last night between Dr. Rand Paul and a CDC spokesperson who isn't a doctor, doesn't have any scientific background, is a lawyer and a good speaker who is traveling the country talking about we follow the science, we follow the science. But this individual uh, has really only basic knowledge of what he's even talking about. And Rand Paul's argument, Dr. Paul's argument wasn't that that uh, your research that the government isn't following the science, but that they're not following all the science. That they are the government, that is CDC, uh, is only looking at some of the science and discounting all other studies uh, as false news, as as fake, as uh, you know, wacko. And you shouldn't. And that I wonder is the government prepared to call Dr. Rand Paul a wacko? No, we definitely need to look at all of the science. I agree with that. Um, And not all studies are created equally. So some studies, I mean, you really need to look at the quality of how they're done. And, you know, there there can be things that people come to for conclusions in studies, but they had confounding variables or other things that are, are playing a part, too. So you really need to critically look at all of the studies. But Absolutely. All studies should be taken into account, but it doesn't necessarily mean that all of them were of good quality and had had the results they're necessarily sure. coding that they had. Well, I'm glad to hear you say that. We They all need to be looked at and dealt with in some fashion. Uh, that's part of the reason that so many people across the country uh, don't want to get – because the, the in the meantime – Government officials are saying, yes, yes, we're looking into that. In the meantime, we mandate you get the vaccine. And then, I don't know, in a few years or something, the government will say, yeah, remember way back, well, we've additional research and we're really sorry that now uh, you can't have babies or now you have other health issues because new research said back when we knew this, uh, it's different. Uh, you know, the, we're not following all the science but we're mandating what we think is the best way to go uh, instead of allowing people uh, to make their own educated decision on the best way to go. And uh, HIPAA laws, uh, they don't even exist anymore, it seems. I need to see your vaccination card or you can't even come into my restaurant. Yeah, I mean, I will say just to kind of counter that a little bit, that the infertility, that's a hot topic with the vaccine. That has not been proven, and right. really, you know, right. a long term out, I that is highly unlikely that the vaccine is going to show any impact on fertility. I so, see. yeah, I hope so. I don't so. think people need to worry about any of that that sort of thing. And you know, vaccines in the past, um, you know, other vaccines that we give routinely for other diseases, there's uh, if you're going to have a side effect to a vaccine, it's going to be within the first few weeks of having it. It's not going to be years and years past. Long term, sure. So I, I don't think people need to worry about that that fact. Right. That. Well, and as as I mentioned at the outset, what has a lot of people concerned is while all this research is going on, and thank goodness it is going on, the government has decided we're going to mandate what we think is the best uh, way to go. So you will do what we say, 
and we'll continue the research and let you know if that changes later. Like uh, herd immunity, when we get to 60% or 70% or 80% or 90%, and then a study from another country says uh, our country is 78% vaccinated, uh, there is no herd immunity, we have the highest number of, of COVID cases on the planet, and we're supposed to have herd immunity. And so, you know, so... Uh, as the old Moneyball conversation goes, if the if the vaccine works, why doesn't it work? That's a, a question that an awful lot of people have. Hey, Dr. Aaron Morkum, the conversation continues. Thank you for talking with me this morning. I got to go. I, it's 8 o'clock on WIZM Lacrosse.